Well, let's check out and talk about what's going down in Fort Worth with the TCU Horn Frogs for the offseason. Let's welcome on Jeremy Clark Horn Frog Blitz. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of HeartlandCollegeSports.com. And before we dive into it with Jeremy Clark, please do leave us a rating and a review on this show. We have gotten some of the nicest reviews lately on the podcast on iTunes. And I will read one to you. It's my favorite. It might be my favorite ever that we've gotten. My favorite review ever for this show. I will share with you at the end of the show. But they mean so much to me. It takes you 30 seconds. And if you hit subscribe, you rate, your review. It helps us beat the big dogs like ESPN and the podcast game, which we are doing because of you. I can't thank you guys enough for that. So leave me a rating and a review on this show. Uh, send me a screenshot of that rating and review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and we'll get a koozie in the mail for you guys. Really appreciate it. Jeremy, let's start off here. I just want to touch briefly on the baseball. Uh, with the loss of, of Coach Schlossnagel, and then we get into now Kirk Sarloos takes over, gets promoted from pitching coach, assistant coach. He was the uh, fan favorite, I guess you would say. What's the excitement level around TCU with this hire? There's a lot of excitement. I think if you look at the candidates, um, Kirk was absolutely the, the top choice for a lot of fans. He's been at TCU since 2012. He's already regarded as uh, one of the top pitching coaches in the nation, and, and TCU's success uh, as, a, as a pitching core has been really phenomenal. If you look back uh, through the years, he's, he's really been on campus. But not only that, he's, he's also a great recruiter. All these great teams that TCU has been able to build over the last several years, he's a big reason why. You talk to those kids, and they'll tell you, uh, Kirk's the big reason why we decided on TCU, and I think it's a, a, a very big, very big hire for them. Uh, obviously, replacing a guy like Schloss is is a tremendously big shoot to fill. Mm-hmm. Um, he took TCU to new heights in baseball. Obviously, led them to five uh, college World Series. But if there's a guy that uh, can get the definite backing from the TCU fans and, and the players, if you look at Twitter, I mean, he's gotten a lot of congratulations from former players. They're very pumped up for him and. Uh, I think if you look at the job Jeremiah Donati did uh, keeping Kirk around, that's that's a big that's a big time hire. I mean, this guy uh, passed up opportunities at Stanford and and Rice in recent years. Um, probably in the back of his mind, hoping that one day he could coach TCU, and now he's going to get his chance. And I think the fans are really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's pretty exciting stuff for everybody involved. Um, let's go to football off season news here and everything going on there. This is uh, you know the year that I think TCU is going to get itself back in the Big 12 contention here, Jeremy. It, it just it feels right. The guys that are the key players are getting a little bit older. But I've said that the last couple of years as well. Uh, what are you looking at right now with what's going on this offseason that makes you feel like this could be the year that TCU finally gets out of this stretch of, uh, of, of mediocrity that we've seen the last couple? I think if you look at just the the overall experience on both sides of the ball, especially offense where they kind of struggled the past two seasons, you've got a third-year guy at quarterback with Max Duggan. Uh, you've got a, a tremendously athletic and talented group at running back. Even though they lost Arvin Barlow, he still returns Zach Evans, who uh, rushed for 100 yards in two of, his, two of his final three games last year. And um, very talented, and uh, Kendra Miller's another kid that they're extremely high on at running back. Quentin Johnston led the Big 12 last year in reception, uh, average yards per reception, sorry. And the offensive line, I mean, everyone's talked about the offensive line, and I think that's kind of where we've been full the last couple of years, Pete. 
with just thinking how good the offensive line can be. But uh, talking with some folks around the program, there, there's so much experience coming back. They did lose T.J. Stormont at left tackle, but they bring in Obina Easy, who was a transfer from Memphis, and, and he did really well in the spring, and they're expecting big things out of him. Defensively, if they can replace guys like Garrett Wallow, have a leader on defense to step into that role, I think they'll be fine. Uh, they got to replace Merrick at, at safety. But watching the spring game, you don't get a, a, a lot of things to, to really sit back and analyze, but it, just look at the athleticism. And, and if players are just really in the right spot where they need to be, and you got to think D. Winters is a guy that's going to excel at linebacker for TCU. He played well. The last two years, T.J. Carter came in from Memphis, uh, had a really good spring. But there's there's a lot of optimism on both sides of the ball uh, just because of the, the athleticism. I've been around the team a long time. There, it, it looks like a – it took a few years, but they look like a, a premier Big 12 team as far as athletes go. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to have a few guys have a chance to, to get drafted here in the next few years as well. So um, there's a lot of optimism. Uh, I, I think you're right in having that because I kind of get the same feeling. Um, but but the reason why I have that feeling is just because it's it's kind of it's kind of time. You usually don't see Gary Patterson have two consecutive bad seasons, but the experience and and, and the talent they have coming back, I think they're going to surprise a lot of people this year. What about uh, Max Duggan? We'll start there and go through some other you know questions, concerns that we have on on uh, both sides of the ball. But offense, as you noted there, Jeremy has been the point of contention that's the reason this team is has been 500 basically the past three years is this a guy I mean do 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 you think this is a guy that can get a TCU to a a big 12 championship game appearance like Kenny Hill did a few years back does he have that capability or does he still have to improve in the passing game I I definitely think he has that capability If if you look at the quarterback position one thing that you want to have as a guy that others gravitate toward. And if there's one thing I could say about Max is he's a tremendously talented kid. A lot of a lot of people don't uh, really give him credit for his arm. Uh, he, he does have to work on his accuracy a little bit, but he's got tremendous arm strength. He's, he's been one of the, the strongest arms I've seen at TCU uh, as far as the time he's been on campus. But the, the one thing above anything is just the leadership qualities. If you just see him interact with the rest of the team, whether it's offensive line, receivers, defensive players, they all love the guy. And when you have a, a team that really has that chemistry and camaraderie that just gravitates toward a quarterback, you're going to have some success. Um, there's, there's a lot of different uh, uh, chemistry with TCU right now, and I think we saw a lot of that toward the end of the season last year where they won five out of their last six games. You, you just see there's there's a different aura about them. Um, can they carry it over to, to 2021 season? Hopefully, but uh, I think I think Max takes a lot of uh, good criticism and uh, or unfair criticism, I should say, um, with some of his ability. Uh, he he's a he is a gunslinger. He's going to try to make things uh, happen, um, but he brings so much to the table as far as his athleticism. They want a guy that can run. They've got the fastest quarterback in the Big 12. Uh, and I think right now with the receivers, he had some injuries last year with, with some of their guys, and he's he's going to find a way to get Quentin Johnson the ball. He's going to find a way to get Tay Barber the ball. you got some great running backs to hand off to. And above anything, and, and, and I'm told this all the time, anyone I speak to about it around TCU, it's pretty hard to complete passes when you're throwing from your back. 
So that's that's a, a real big issue that they've had the last couple of years, and, and hopefully this year they've settled in, given them a little bit more time. And I think uh, in the spring game we didn't get to see too many uh, chances with him. He only played two series, but he found Quentin Johnston a lot, and he looked a lot more comfortable in the pocket than really what I've seen him uh, play in the last two years. So let's go to the running back position then, uh, Jeremy. Zach Evans, you know, he came in as the highest-ranked recruit in TCU football history last year, five-star running back. He had kind of had a weird recruitment. You can uh, remind us all the different places he had committed to. I think TCU was the third spot he had finally uh, agreed to go. And, uh, you know, there were questions. Is is it a character thing? Is it ego? What's the deal with this guy? But, hey, TCU's got a five-star player, so who's going to complain? He came on late last season. The expectations are huge this fall. How is he? How is he doing as a five-star guy? Uh, you know, at TCU and now preparing for what should be a very big season with high expectations. You know, it's it's a really funny story, and I've told a, a bunch of people it's going to be an interesting story to write two years from now. But through that whole recruiting process, I, I never even talked to Zach. I mean, this is a kid that released a top twenty-five at one point which is a humongous list. To narrow down. <laughs> You're thinking about narrowing down schools. That's that's a huge list to choose from. And TCU wasn't even among that top 25. And then here, here you go a few months later, he's enrolling at TCU in May. And the next thing you know, he's he's being talked about as one of the uh, the, the, the top recruits TCU's ever landed. And, and certainly there was a lot of big expectations. And if you look at the beginning of last year, everyone was kind of wondering where's Zach at. Okay, he's already he's already getting in trouble. He's doing this. Fans from opposing fan bases were just nailing him and and, and saying he was going to flame out at TCU uh, because of because of everything that happened through his recruiting process and, and and really not playing in the state championship game where he was sent home. So there were some question marks coming into last season. But what I can tell you now, after a year being on campus. Man, the guy is loved by a lot of people at TCU. Uh, he, he's never been in any type of trouble. I mean, he's he, if he's getting in trouble for anything, it's the typical things true freshmen get in trouble for, maybe uh, just not doing everything like you're supposed to. But as far as um, any, uh, any uh, character issues, anything like that that people thought he was going to have, there's none to be found. If, if anything, this is one of the better characters on the team. He's – quickly become one of the leaders of the team. And, and when you look at trying to build a program, you want those type of guys, those those guys that were so highly regarded through the recruiting process, him being a five-star, him going to TCU and, and having the type of success is already is already helping them on the recruiting front. If you look at the guy, Shadrick Banks, that transferred from A&M, Evans was a big reason Banks even went to TCU. And that's because Evans was advocating so much for TCU and, and the people down in the Houston area see how TCU and Evans and, and just Evans' growth uh, for him being at TCU is nothing short of amazing. I mean, he's he's gonna, he's just really one of those kids that is going to help TCU build uh, a, a pretty good program. If, if, if you think about recruiting in an aspect of uh, hosting big-time players, Zach is one of those kids that, doesn't like hosting running backs because he plays position. He wants to help recruit the other positions that are going to help the team win, offensive line, receivers, quarterbacks, anything like that. But the thing about it is he's going to advocate for TCU the best way he can and um, hopefully hopefully get things accomplished. But I, w- I would say right now, Pete, that he's going to get the last laugh. If he continues on the same path that he's on right now, 
Uh, he's going to be very good this year for them. He's going to get a lot of carries. Uh, I expect him to get uh, even more next year as a junior. And, and like I said, I, I really feel that if he continues down this, this good path that he's going, he's, he's going to have the last laugh. And a lot of people are going to be looking back uh, at what they were saying three years ago and, man, just, just eating a lot of crow and, the people that uh, like TCU, they're going to start saying, look at what TCU did with that, that type of kid and think about how these other high-profile kids that sometimes don't get the, the best things said about them uh, can flourish at a program like that. Interesting. Very interesting. Jeremy Clark, Horn Frog Blitz, uh, Blitz is joining us here on the show. Jeremy, uh, take me through uh, Coach Patterson. I mean, he, he is in a place he's really never been uh, with this – program and that is these three straight 500 seasons and this guy is as competitive as anybody in the big 12 uh, arguably as anybody in college football I still think he's a top two coach in this league but you know the, the the numbers haven't been there the last three seasons what is what is Gary Patterson saying about where this program is at and where he sees it headed going forward well it's going to be interesting to see what he says uh, at the big 12 media days because I'm sure we're going to ask questions, and some people are going to be like uh, you and I, Pete, and, and rank TCU somewhere probably around that three, four, five range. And he's probably going to hate it because he likes it when people don't have high expectations for them. He would rather see the the eight, nine, ten ranking uh, in the preseason, so people won't be talking about him. But, <laughs> uh, he under, he understands that they have a lot of talent, and if you look back, this is really, and you mentioned Kenny a while ago, but. Uh, this is the first time in, since Kenny was a senior that TCU has two years of experience coming back at quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. and, and when you when you look at the league in general, that's that's a big thing. Uh, you, it's a big thing to have a quarterback with that type of experience. And Max obviously is is, is older now, and I, I think he's he's going to lead the offense offense a lot better than he has the last two years. But Coach will tell you the same thing. They've got big shoes to fill. They've they've got good players that have a chance to to do well. But he's never going to go out there and 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 tell any of us that he's going to compete for a Big Twelve championship. But I know he likes the talent that he has, and and uh, you know he would he would like nothing more than to be able to su- surprise some people because that's the that's the best way he gets things done. Twenty fourteen, no one thought TCU had a chance, and uh, all of a sudden they're they're competing. For a, a birth in the playoffs. Yeah. And 2017 was the same way. 2017, they're coming off a, a six and six season. And the next thing you know, they're competing in the Big 12 championship. So uh, it's it's one of those things where he he knows he's got a good team because he'll, he'll constantly tell us we played better last year than we've played in the last three years. If you look at their last five out of six games, they played really well. If they can develop a uh, an identity – as a balanced offense instead of just being a run-heavy offense and, and let Max throw the ball around, receivers catch, which will, will take the help of offensive line. I mean, they're going to be they're going to be really successful. Last thing you mentioned it there, the 2014 season. Uh, I got to ask you with the playoff expansion talk and uh, the likelihood that that's going to happen. I couldn't help but think back to 2014 and TCU being the third-ranked team in the country, whipping up Iowa State 55-3 and dropping three spots. How much does that bother still TCU fans to this day and realizing, you know what, uh, we thought this playoff deal would actually be a good thing for college football, but it is a it is a sham and it is totally subjective. 
first of all, I'm I'm part of the media and I'm still mad about that. <laughs> so I mean, it's I, I couldn't I couldn't believe how much um, they were robbed back in 2014 because I truly believe and. In Ohio State, they proved that they deserve to be in there. Um, but I really do feel that TCU was playing the best football uh, among the top four teams in the nation that year. And, and when they went to the bowl game in the Peach Bowl, they, they proved it. They, they beat an Ole Miss team 42-3 that had actually beat Alabama. Um, so, so you know that was just not a, a bad team TCU was beating. And not, they, they didn't just beat them. They just demoralized them in that game. And so there, there was a little bit of gratification there. Um, but – I, I can't tell you how happy I am that they're considering expanding the playoffs because I never I never felt four teams was enough um, to really uh, just get a grasp on who the best team in college football was. I always felt you should go to eight teams. Um, I even had crazy notions one time, kind of like Mike Leach used to have, saying that you should just put 64 teams in the playoffs like they do March Madness and use bowl games as, as uh, neutral sites and just let them pair it all the way down. But Man, wouldn't that be something something to watch uh, for like five weeks of college football playoffs? But yeah. I'm I'm really glad that that everything's under consideration, and and I think TCU and uh, some of those other teams like Baylor uh, really like this. Um, it, it's going to give them an opportunity to, uh, to to get in and 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 show that they're a good program too, instead of your traditional blue bloods like you have like the the Clemson's and Alabamas and Ohio States and and even Texas. So. Um, I, I think it's a good thing for them. And it will be fun. He is Jeremy Clark, Horn Frog Blitz. He's joining us here on Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Jeremy, great to have you on. I really appreciate the insight as always. And we'll talk as the offseason goes along and see you at Big 12 Media Days next month. Appreciate the time. Thanks, Pete. Appreciate it. Great stuff there with Jeremy Clark. Do not leave yet. Hit that subscribe button on the podcast. Leave me a rating and a review, and I'll send you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. And shout out to this review that we got, maybe the nicest review ever that we've gotten on this podcast. Uh, Here's what it says. Pete, when my West Virginia Mountaineers joined the Big 12 a few years back, I thought it was a strange fit. We're geographically separated from most of the teams by hundreds of miles. Then I learned about the commitment that Big 12 fans bring to the table for their teams. Whether it's the Texas Longhorns fans or Oklahoma State Cowboys fans, they are dedicated to their teams. It's sad that there aren't as many Big 12-specific podcasts and news outlets that cover just this conference, but it seems like there are a thousand SEC outlets. Big 12 has the holy trinity, top-tier football, basketball, and baseball. Being an avid WVU fan and a college sports fan in general, I only follow Heartland and a handful of WVU blogs. Pete is charismatic and knowledgeable. That's very nice. And it's genuinely fun to hear his take on things. He doesn't let any schools by the wayside either. Even Kansas football gets a shout out every now and then. I recommend to any hardcore NCAA or Big 12 sports fan. Maybe the nicest podcast review ever. I might have to send that guy or gal two koozies, but I'll send you one for leaving a rating and a review and sending me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thank you so much, guys. I appreciate you, and we'll talk to you soon.